Lord, as you launch us into the second half of 2019, launch us with greatness, Lord. Let foolishness not follow us, Lord. And so, Heavenly Father, we thank you. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. I want you to welcome your neighbor as you have your seat in the presence of the Lord this evening. been here. As our senior pastor said, it's a holiday and you expect the children of God to be where they're supposed to be. Yeah, but unfortunately, but for those that are obedient, I know the gift of being obedient shall be your portion in the mighty name of Jesus. A few weeks ago, we started the series on wisdom and how many have profited, profited from this. How many of us have changed our ways? Praise the Lord. It started at the retreats, and I remembered the first message titled, Lifted by the Wisdom of God. Um, multimedia, can you help us? The slide. And what I did was, I took down my own notes, and I hope everybody here took down your notes, and I will share my the extras, what I did, what I took from the message. What we're going to do today is summarize wisdom. And uh, since it's an interactive Wednesday, we're going to look at the case study and we'll also pray. Praise the Lord. Now, this is what I wrote in my notes that the wisdom of God is the power to do great things and perform greatness. That we should stop waiting on the power but walk in the wisdom of God that when wisdom comes everything also comes praise the Lord that the power of God is good but operate in the wisdom of God and be like him can I have Proverbs 24 verse 3 it says true wisdom is a house built by understanding it is established as in, I remember our senior pastor saying, prayer and fasting cannot create, but that wisdom creates. So I looked at Genesis 1 verse 1. And I want you to understand that when you pick up a book to read, from the first few verses of that book, you understand the author, who the author is, and what he's trying to tell you. So I picked up the Bible, I went to Genesis 1 verse 1. It says in the beginning, the Lord created heaven and earth. Praise the Lord. That in the beginning, the Lord created heaven and earth. That the earth was without form and void. And darkness covered the face of the earth. And told us that the spirit of the Lord hovered over the earth. And the Lord said, let there be light. There was light and it was good. And I will break it down. The Bible says the spirit of the Lord hovered over the earth. And I wondered why would the spirit of God hover over the earth. But I realized that there was still something wrong. And the spirit of the Lord had to hover over the earth to see how to correct that which was wrong. And that was wisdom. He looked, he analyzed, and later he said, 
from wisdom. Light is the solution. He did not say, let there be water. He did not say, create Adam and Eve. The first thing he did, true wisdom, was to say, let there be light. And the Bible said there was light. And what I found out is that when the Bible said, let there be light, there was light. The next thing that came after that was, it was good. So that means after creation, after wisdom created, the next thing that came after that was good. And that was the first time good was introduced into the Bible. Praise the Lord. Let's celebrate our Lord once more. So with this tells me that this God is the God who loves to create, number one. And based on that, he uses wisdom to create. And my prayer is that we will be like this God in the mighty name of Jesus. Tell your neighbor, be like God. Because God creates, creates opportunity, also creates employment. We're also going to be, I'm also going to introduce you as we summarize to the winning formula. How many of us remember the winning formula? The first one is, second one, and the third one, I want you to celebrate yourself this evening. It shows we're gaining wisdom. Alright, the first one, spirituality, it's about prayers. To me, what I got from that is that this opens doors. Acts 12 verse 5, a good example we went through was about Peter. The Bible says that constant prayer was offered to God for Peter by the church. And I remembered James was also caught, but Herod killed James. And by the time the church came together and understood these things, they decided that they need to go to one, two, three. And the first one was the spirituality. So they prayed for Peter. And the door opened for Peter, and Peter escaped. Another good example we had was Second Kings 4 verse 1. Talk about the wife, one of the wives of the sons of the prophet. The Bible says she cried unto Elisha. And that was a form of prayer. And Elisha opened the door for her. And that was how she could get the vessels and also the oil. Another good example, Nehemiah 1 verse 4. The Bible said Nehemiah fasted and prayed before the God of heaven. I've come to announce to you that fasting and prayers opens the door. That's number one. I'll go to number two, sensitivity, which is hearing and knowing when. For my example, they prayed. The door was opened for Peter, and Peter escaped. But the thing is, when Peter got to that house, they were still praying. They've not moved to being sensitive. My question is, could the door for us here, we've prayed, we've fasted, could that door be opened and yet we're still praying? Because I also pondered on this myself, that Lord, we've prayed, we've fasted. That 
door I've been praying about? Could that door have been opened? And I'm still praying about it. So I need to move to the sensitive, to being sensitive. Praise the Lord. The third one is being sensible. Means it's time to move. Again, I'll use the same example about Peter. Acts 12, verse 1 to 12. The Bible said that the angel came, struck Peter. And the angel even lifted Peter up. And the Bible says the chain fell off. The gates were opened. He led Peter through the first gate, the second gate. And now Peter now found out that he wasn't dreaming when the angel departed. So I asked, my question, I asked myself the question, <laughs> why didn't the angel continue with Peter, taking Peter to wherever he wanted to go? The Bible said the angel departed after all the doors were open and led Peter to the final door, the final gate. And he departed. God has done his own part for Peter. It was left for Peter to do his own part. So God could have done his own part for us here and waiting for us to do our own part. Praise the Lord. So I want you to celebrate the Lord because I know he has done his own part. Ask your neighbor. God has done his own part. So what part are you going to do now? Another good example, 2 Kings 4 verse 7. The wife of the sons of the prophets. I looked at this story. Elisha had done everything he's supposed to do. Collect vessels. Pour the oil. There were no more vessels. And here was this woman looking at all the vessels with the oil. And looking at it. So what am I going to do with all these vessels with all this oil now? She had to go to Elisha. And my question, how about if Elisha had traveled, have moved away, what will this woman do with this oil? Again, I also ask myself the question, how about if I have all this oil, and I'm just looking at the oil, as the same way you're looking at me here, maybe some of us here have this oil, and we're looking at the oil, Say, what am I going to do with this oil? There was no need for this woman to go back to Elisha, asking, "What should I do with the oil?" And you know the my challenge about that. And I want you to listen, listen carefully. My problem with that is that the, you you have the oil. The woman had the oil. She didn't know what to do with it. <laughs> there are a lot of people out there. The only thing in their head is to dispose of you of that oil. To get that oil off you. Praise the Lord. So I'm happy that she met Elisha. Because if she'd have met somebody outside there, the first thing they would tell her is, okay, let me come and collect the oil. <laughs> and I'll tell you what to do after that. Praise the Lord. So all this is helping us to gain wisdom. God could not have done all that. See, it was just a little jar of oil. And the man of God said, go collect all the vessels. 
That means it's possible she collected all the vessels in Africa and yet it was still going to be filled with oil. And with all that oil, she still went back to the man of God to ask, what should I do with this oil? I pray that none of us here is like that in the mighty name of Jesus. Exodus 2, 23 to 24. The story about Moses when they got to the Red Sea. The Bible said that they have prayed for over 400 years. They've been in captivity. But one day the Lord heard their voice. And God remembered them. So that means they've prayed. Done all the parts they were supposed to do. The spiritual part. The sensitive part. But yet they got to the Red Sea. And I'm sure Moses wanted to start praying. And the Lord told him, Moses, this is not the time for prayers. This is the time to stretch your rod. The rest he was waiting for Moses to stretch out his rod to path. And Moses stretched out his rod and the parted the Red Sea and the crossed over. The Lord told Moses, tell the children of Israel to move forward. Praise the Lord. I know I've not shown you my slide and my message, but as of this point, I title my message this evening, be sensible and move forward. Praise the Lord. Pastor, this slide, I looked at this slide and to me, it summarizes all the messages on wisdom and foolishness. And I will explain to you. That was Dubai in 1991. Wisdom moved them from 1991 to 2015. You can see the difference. But I also want to tell you that foolishness can also move them from 2015 to 2019. That if they continue from where they, sorry, from 2015, foolishness can bring them back to the beginning. Praise the Lord. Today we're celebrating, I believe, Democracy Day, the handing over and everything. And why I've been quiet the whole day when I saw this picture is, can't Nigeria be like this? We started the same time. We started before them, okay. I was reading a book. <clears throat> Sorry, it was the radio. And there was some analysis about things, about wisdom and everything. They said, Pastor, they said it took one year for them to finish the national mosque in Abuja. It took them nine years to finish the church in Abuja, the national church. And now we're in the 20th year since they started the Abuja National Library. And they have not completed it. 20 years. The National Library. And they have not completed it. And that is the foundation of wisdom. The National Library in Nigeria. 20 years. And it's not completed. Well, the Lord will help us in the name of Jesus. So as I go into my case study this evening. I want us to open our books to Nehemiah. 
chapter 1 verse 1. And I want you to pay attentive and also maybe take notes. Verse 1, it says, The word of Nehemiah the son of Akaleah, and it came to pass in the month of Shelui, in the 20, 12th year, as I was... Don't, don't mind about those pronunciations, just follow me. But what I want you to take notice of is the month Shelui, I believe. Then I'll go to verse 2. It says, Then Ananea, one of the brethren, came, he and certain men of Judea, and I asked them concerning the Jews that had escaped, which were left of the captivity, and concerning Jerusalem. Now, he was trying to find out firsthand information about Jerusalem. And I'm going to tie everything together. I just want you to follow me. He didn't look for a third party information. He didn't go for the fake news. He was working mainly on direct information from Jerusalem. And I'll tell you the reason why. Verse 3. It says, The remnant left are in captive and great affliction and reproach. Walls of Jericho, sorry, walls of Jerusalem also broken down. And the gates thereof are buried with fire. Verse 4. He sat down and wept and mourned for certain days. Then look at what he did. Then he fasted and prayed before the God of heaven. This is the first mood. This is the first part, which is the spiritual part. Fasted and prayed. Then I will jump to 11. Lord, hear my prayer. Grant me mercy in the sight of this man. That's the king. For I was the king's cupbearer. He was the king cupbearer. He was a foreigner. He was not a citizen of that nation. So I wondered why should a foreigner be the king cupbearer? He, he was so close to the king, had access to the king. And this is security issues. But I want to believe that this man was very diligent. That means compared to all the people there, including the nationality, he was found to be better than them. Praise the Lord. For them to make him the king cup bearer. And I hope you understand what it means to be the cup bearer. For safety reasons, he should not have been the cup bearer, but I believe he was very diligent. Proverbs 13, verse 4, multimedia. Proverbs 13, verse 4. The soul of a lazy man desires and has nothing. Okay, yeah, that's the one. But the soul of the diligent shall be made rich. Praise the Lord. And I'll go to chapter 2, verse 1. And it came to pass in the month of Nisan. Okay, this is where I'll stop and explain. In verse 1, he gave us a month, Shilui. And now it's giving us another month, Nisan. But what I'm trying to say, that's chapter 2, verse 1. Jeremiah, Nehemiah 2, verse 1. Alright, what I'm trying to say is, see... The Bible said he fasted and prayed. 
But that doesn't mean because I fasted and prayed, I should jump in front of the king and start making my demands. There was time in between those months. I don't know if it was two weeks, six months, five months, but there was some time. And the reason why was because he has moved from the spiritual part to being sensitive, to know the right timing he needed to be in front of the king. So it's not just about praying and fasting. You also need to be sensitive to the person you're dealing with. It's the same thing between husband and wife. The wife wants to collect something from the husband. It's not when the husband comes home tired, he has not eaten, you start making demands. Whatever demand, you'll just cross everything. But you continue waiting. The day he comes home and he's smiling, he's happy. Then you bring out all your list and you put it on the table and I'm sure everything will be okay. The same thing with the husband. You want something from the wife. <laughs> she comes in, you see her frowning, you back off. It's when you see her smiling, you now make your demand. It's the same thing between you and your boss. You have to be sensitive and this is wisdom. As I continue, the man continued waiting. That did not mean he did not go to work. That did not mean he did not continue serving the king. But the thing is, he kept on watching. He was being sensitive. My question now was that, how about if he did not show up on that day that the king was ready? As I said, he was in the sensitive mood, which is the second part. When the Bible said, wine was before the king and I'm sure that is the verse 2 Nehemiah chapter 2 verse 2 multimedia okay sorry I think 1 1 1 yes yes chapter 2 verse 1 alright let me continue let's leave multimedia so on this day the bible said wine was in front of the king means that the king was in his merry mood he was happy I don't know what might have happened in those days before that he wasn't in that mood maybe the wife the subject got him angry or whatever but on that day the bible said wine was in his front and he was merry he was happy and Nehemiah knew that that was the day for him. So the Bible said, I took up the wine and gave it to the king. Now I've never been sad in his presence before. And that was his strategy. Because everybody was merry, happy. But here was Nehemiah. He changed his countenance to being sad. So the king noticed. The king needs to notice. And the king needs to ask you about it. You don't go and Tell, tell the king or talk to the king about it. So the king asked, Why is your countenance sad? Verse 3. And Nehemiah said to the king, Verse 4. Then the king asked for his request. Praise the Lord. Now I want you to understand this part. We've gone through being spiritual, we've gone through being sensitive. 
now is the part of being sensible. And I want you to understand this clearly. The door was open. The king asked for his request. The first thing he did was, so he prayed to the God of heaven. Because the door was open. Proverbs 3, Proverbs 31, verse 26 says, She opened her mouth with wisdom. This was the time for Nehemiah to open his mouth with wisdom. So, Nehemiah 2, verse 5. He said, If I have found favor in your sight, send me to Judea that I may build the wall. Verse 6 says the queen was beside the king. And I will explain all these things. The king had made his request, what do you want? And he had made, told the king, these are the things I want. But I also noticed that the queen, the Bible said the queen was seated there also. And I was wondering why would the queen also, why would the Bible tell us the queen was seated there? For what reason? So I pictured it in my mind. And what I saw was, okay, the king... Nehemiah made the request and I'm sure before the king nodded his head yes he must have, he must have looked at the queen to be in support just a quick look looked at the queen and I've come to realize and listen carefully that in this life as simple or as short as a nod it can create you or destroy you. So that means that this woman also liked Nehemiah. That means Nehemiah was loyal. That means she trusted Nehemiah and she was happy about his work. Because there's no other reason for this woman to be interested in him than the work he was doing for them. Praise the Lord. So when the king looked at her, she just gave she, she just gave a simple nod. Yes. And the queen, the king agreed and they moved on. How about if the queen had just said no? That would have been the end of this story. Praise the Lord. So again, Nehemiah was very diligent in his work. And that was why the queen could give the nod of support. We're going to pray later. Because we have kings in our lives and those people around us could they either help us or not help us pastor I was looking at the story of Queen Vashti how many of us remember that story when the king requested for her to come and she said no and everybody around the king said they must punish this woman they must disbound her, they must set her out of the kingdom. And I looked at this story that out of all these people there, no one, just one person to support this woman, to speak on her behalf that king, let's give her a second chance. Even if everybody said no, just one person to just support the queen. It's a lesson for all of us to learn. Nobody supported her. To the point that these people around the king were so eager 
to find a replacement for her. So eager to find a replacement for her. That will not be our portion in the name of Jesus. So, Nehemiah found favor in the presence of the Lord. And Nehemiah found out that he understood with wisdom that this was the only chance he had. He was not going to come back another day that, oh, king, I forgot to ask for this, I forgot to ask for this. This was the only opportunity he had. So I'll go to verse 8. That's Nehemiah 2, verse 8. Sorry, I'm starting from 7. He said, Let letters be given me to the king, to the governors beyond the river, that they may convey me until I get into Judea. Verse 8. A letter unto Ashfat, the keeper of the king's forest, that he may grant me, give me timber to make beams for the gates, the walls of the city and the house. And the king granted me according to the hand, good hand of the Lord upon me. I will explain it. You know, I told you earlier that Nehemiah got first-hand information about what happened in Jerusalem. The walls, the gates, and everything. He did this research and he also sat down, analyzed everything that would be needed for him to complete his task. The journeys, everything that was needed. So by the time he was waiting, by the time he got into the presence of the king, he had everything laid down for him. See, the first part was he needed a letter for the governor that would convey him to get to Judea. He was a foreigner, so there was going to be resistance. So he knew, and that was why he made that request from the king. King, I need this letter so that I'll be able, when I get to America, at the immigration, they will grant me access. So he knew he got that letter. He didn't pay for that trip because the governor's entourage gave him free way, took him to Judea. Number two, he needed access to the king's forest. And I want to believe he did not have money for this mission. And I'll tell you the wisdom part. See, you don't always need money to do great things. All what I've been telling you there was no money involved for the trip to Judea the governor conveyed him to Judea to get the timber they gave him letter he requested from a letter from the king to gain access to the king's forest again notice he was a foreigner so even if he had money probably they wouldn't have sold anything from the king's forest to him but here, the king gave him a letter. Take it. Whatever you need, they will give it to you. And you don't need to pay for it. Praise the Lord. So, he got everything. Proverbs 21 verse 5 says, Good planning and hard work leads to prosperity. Multimedia can have Proverbs 21. 
verse 5. The plants of the diligent lead surely to plenty, which is prosperity. But those of everyone who is hasty, surely to New Living Translation. Multimedia New Living Translation. Okay, yeah. Good planning and hard work leads to prosperity. And that's all what I need from that. He had good planning. He had everything cut out, everything put in place for him to complete this his mission. Praise the Lord. And I also remember our pastor gave us some good examples about the ten virgins. We knew about the other five and the other five. The other five had good planning that just in case you will always have that just in case the bridegroom comes late. If you're going to travel to Abuja from here and all what you need is half tank, are you going to go to the petrol station and just buy half tank? Is there anybody here that will just go to the station and just buy half tank? Because it's half tank that will take me to the to Abuja. Uh, you know they don't have wisdom now. So, see, even when you fly an aircraft, even when you fly in an aircraft, listen carefully. If half tank will take you to Abuja, they will not fly that plane until they have full tank. The reason why is because sometimes you might have turbulence, you might have um, diversion, cloud, avoid clouds. It might even be impossible for you to land where you are going. And you have to turn back. So wisdom tells you you must feel the aircraft with fuel. It's simple. I pray that none of us here are the foolish virgins in the name of Jesus. I'll go to verse 9. So since the hand of the Lord was upon Nehemiah, the king gave him extras. The king sent captains and armies and horsemen with him. And I remember my pastor saying that God is attracted to wise people. I'm sure God just continued to favor him. Even the things he did not ask for, the king still gave to him. And verse, verse 11, that's two, Nehemiah 2, verse 11. He says, so I came to Jerusalem and I was there for three days. And I asked the Lord, why this information about three days? And I'll tell you the reason why. The man landed in Jerusalem and everybody was looking at him. That surely this man has come to do something. And I'm sure they sent some spies to watch him. So the first day, they were watching him wisdom. The man did not do anything. So by the second day, they let get down the security a little bit. Second day, he did not do anything. Third day, they just believe this man is not here to do anything. Let's leave him alone. So they left. And the Bible said that Nehemiah at night was when, verse 2, it says, I rose in the night. I and some few men with me Neither did I tell them what the Lord has told me to do. That is wisdom. Yes, he had a plan. But the first day he got there, 
if it was some of us, maybe including me, I would have started my plan there. Because I'm eager to do this thing that the Lord has set in my mind. But here, he did not. He just said to them, blended him with them, went around, and they were still watching him. The second day, nothing happened. The third day, they said, let's forget this man. He's not doing anything. But it was the night of the third day he moved. He didn't move during the day. He didn't move the first day, not the second day, not the third day. And even in that third day, not during the daytime, he moved at night. Verse 13 said, I went out by night and viewed the walls and the gates. Verse 16, Nehemiah 2 verse 16. He said, the rulers knew not whether I went or what I did. Neither did I tell any of the Jews, the priests, the nobles, or the rulers. He just kept everything in his mind. And obviously, we know what happened at the end of the story. Praise the Lord. Proverbs. So, what I want to do is round up this. Because there's still so many things we need to do this evening. To me, as I summarize this story, is that wisdom gives direction it provides solution praise the lord so i've helped you a little bit i'm now going to throw the question to you this evening to you what is wisdom i've said my own part that wisdom gives me direction and also provides solution so if i can have someone here that will help me to you what is wisdom Yes, sir. From our case study. Praise God. Hallelujah. I, I was in a, this, uh, a meeting yesterday, and we were talking about how to pass an exam. I just want to give an example. And somebody said, how do you, they said, how do you pass an exam? And, and the person said, you're uh, going to read. So, the, so the, the uncle told him, but <laughs> I can pass the exam without reading, so what are you talking about? He said, if he, if he doesn't read, he's going to fail. And it went on and on and on. He was trying to say that at any point in time, you need, what you need is, you need to know what is needed. It is not uh, reading through all the whole night, but how do you to pass the exam? So for Nehemiah, he knew what to do, not just because God had told him, but how, the how, inside. And it's uh, like the, the topic of wisdom, foolishness, if, if we narrow it to our different uh, daily life, our works, it is what is the foolishness, what is the wisdom inside each of what we are doing. So it's the how, not the generation that, because you you read overnight, you're going to pass an exam. But those who know how to pass the exam, it's a formula. It's a formula. So that's what Nehemiah needed. And that's what we, that's wisdom. Let's celebrate him. All right. Somebody else? A lot of pre Christians don't talk about formulas. 
People don't know that formula is a spiritual thing. When you read um, the recreation of the earth, it was a formula. The problem was there. The spirit of the Lord was looking at it and said, what formula is going to work here? A formula is action steps in a certain order to get a desired result. Light has to precede plants. Plant has to precede animals. So animal will have something to eat and so on and so forth. When they told him about the problem, the Bible says, I pray to the God of heaven. I told you, prayer is not a monologue, it's a dialogue. A lot of people pray, but they don't hear anything. So if all he did was pray, I don't think you will get this result. You said between the month of something and Nisan was when he prayed and when he took action. When he prayed, he went to sensitivity, what will God tell me to do? What God tells you to do about a bad problem like he had was a formula. So the formula is don't talk yet. How many of you remember that wine makes the heart merry? Do you know it's in the Bible? Wine makes the heart merry. He said, wait until you don't drink smoke. And his wife was next to him, rubbing his belly. It's a formula. The man don't drink small. His wife is making him feel good. The Lord said, make your move. The foolish thing about a lot of us is we make our move on the wrong day. And the move was not talking. The formula was not about talking. I said, make your move. I didn't say talk. When I said, make your move, you're thinking about talking. You see, you have to learn listening. See, hearing, anybody can hear. Only a wise man knows how to listen. Because even when you're sleeping, you can hear. But listening is active. You direct all your senses towards picking what is important. So, he was listening. A lot of Christians, all they do, they hear. They don't listen. Meditation is a place of listening. Concentrated hearing is what is called listening. The two happens in the ear, but the results are different. So make your move. What is the move? Be sad. That sadness that is here. It says, I have never been sad in the front of the king before. Listen, do you think all the time you were serving the king, every day you were serving the king, he was happy? No. The rule is that you don't come to the presence of the king. Who born you as a servant to come and put long face? So the rule is that you always look happy. So the Lord gave him permission today. I give you permission to look happy. He broke a rule. Servant of the king are not allowed. There's a way you must comport yourself. So he looked unhappy. Because God knew he would notice. The wine was already at work. The madame was making him feel good. Have you noticed that his, it was not Nehemiah that spoke? Many of us. You know a wise man because they speak little. It was the king that said, What is wrong with you? He said, What is wrong with me? A lot is wrong with me. This is what has happened to my people. He said, ah, That's not so good. What are you going to do about it? I have an idea. But you know, I'm just a servant. How will I prosecute it? 
A lot of us will have asked the king for money. Come on now. I'm asking you, a lot of us will have asked for money. But the formula was not about money. The formula was not about talking. It's be sad. First step. When he speaks, don't ask for money. Ask for what you need. The first thing he said, give me letters. You didn't read the letter well. To give me passage and security. Because in those days they had robbers and bandits between cities that even if you had, they would strip him. So the governor, when we read that part, the governor gave him escort captains, escorted him apart from with all that he had. So he could be sure he would get to where he was going. And like Pastor Kola said, he had done a critical analysis. When we talk to Christians, the ability to analyze things critically and know what you need to be able to do what you're praying about, most Christians don't know anything about it. If I ask a woman, you want to marry, you want to marry, say, yes, you want to marry. Okay, what do you know about marriage? Marriage is about managing. You manage the man. You think you're just going to fall in love. And every day is going to be chasing you all over there. Now lie. You have to learn how to manage a man. Not true or lie. Marriage is about learning how to manage money. Which woman here does your husband give you all the money you need? I want a witness now. Is marriage not about managing? Okay. When you have in-laws, do you just talk how you feel? What do you do? You manage them. When you have children, when a child is born, does the child come with patting and bow tie? When you born a child, the child looks ugly. It's full of blood and goo and so on. You learn how to manage what God gave you and present it to your husband. You born a child. Go and give your husband like that. You bath the child. You wrap the child in a towel. Girl, good girl. Are you there? So, he analyzed what needed to be done. He presented it A to Z. Wisdom is learning how to think A to Z. Do you notice that on that trip, he did not pray again? Many of us will start the trip, prayer meeting in between. Prayer meeting in between. Why? You are praying about what you didn't think about. Arrest my case. I'm sure we have more contribution. Brother Lawrence there. Minister Lawrence. I was actually shocked. <laughs> okay, basically, I think um, you've already rightly said it, um, the formula. Because without the formula, you just, you just blow off. You mess up. So, um, Nehemiah had the formula which he used. And that was what actually gave him the victory. Praise the Lord. And again, even when he got to Judea, to Jerusalem, you know the Bible said, even the priests, the nobles, even the people, the Jews, he did not tell them his plan. He just kept it to himself. And even when he got there, three days, they were looking at each other, playing the mind game. 
And you know, if he had said anything or done anything the first day, second day, third day, that would be the end of it. And even when he was going to do anything, it was at night. And the Bible said he had just few men when he took at night. And even those few men, he did not even release any information to them. I pray that wisdom as we go into the second half of 2019, wisdom will follow us in the name of Jesus. Wisdom will help us. Because of time, I think it's better for us to pray because there's still some other things I wanted to share here, you know, about the other part of wisdom. Because, uh, okay, let, let me just go a little bit one. Um, Pastor Few, maybe about a week or two ago, well, I won't mention his name, one of the governors, well, former governor because they've changed today, got to Abuja and he said, how I wish I knew. And I looked at the statement and I said, how you wish you knew? Now, the challenge he had with the leader for the state and the party leadership some few years ago, I was looking at all his moves and I was wondering to myself, is there anybody advising this man? See, he had the second term in the palm of his hands and I just saw him moving foolishly, seriously. And he pained me a lot. You know, I'm not a politician. But even from my own layman point of view, with wisdom, I knew this guy was doing the wrong thing. And I knew this guy was not going to go second time. And I was wondering, and I asked myself, this guy must, he's supposed to surround himself with people that have wisdom. That alone cost him second time. As our pastor said earlier, when God blesses you and you get there, <laughs> you need wisdom to remain there. You need wisdom to remain there. Because he had the second time in the palm of his hands. He said about Peter when he was released from jail. Honestly, I have studied that thing. I didn't see that part. He said the angel made the um, barnacles and the chains fall off. The angel lifted him away. Wear your clothes. The angel caused the guards to be on anesthesia. They were asleep. They were snoring. The angel made the first gate open, second gate. The iron gate that leads to the city, the angel made it. But as soon as the gate opened, the angel said, you know the problem of a lot of us? You're saying, Father, finish what you started in my life. <laughs> Prayer point. Father, 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 you will finish. You are the Alpha and the Omega. You are the author and the finisher. Father, you can't leave me at this gate. Too. You cannot leave me at this gate. I forbid batting. Then Femi Paul comes along and says, Father has done his own. So say, I reject that in Jesus' name. I reject it in Jesus' name. Sometimes when you hear wisdom, what Christians reply you with is, I reject that in Jesus' name. The angel didn't wait. 
He didn't even say bye bye. Bible says the angel disappeared. Could it be where you are praying is out of foolishness? God has escorted you where you should be able to navigate. Let everybody check where you are at and ask yourself Did God abandon me or is it about time for me to begin to move? The angel didn't tell him where he should go. If your common sense cannot tell you where to go after I release you from jail, stay there. Stay there now. My dear, what did you say? They will catch him there. I'm sure you said you said I did not know that what happened was real. Which means for a while he stood there. Then he came to his senses. Ah, angel, don't go. Now me and my ears remain now. Where should I go? Ah, Mary's house. That's where they pray. And when he got there, the same foolishness he was practicing at that gate. He saw his brethren. They continued to practice it in good measure. Pesta, shaking together. And that's why he was banging the gate with alacrity because he realized that he was at a gate before. Hello? He was at a gate before. He now knew that if this gate too doesn't open, but this new gate is not angel. Angel has more sense than human being. Angel has done his own angle. That new gate was the one that almost got him wrong. God, your angel will disappear when he has done his work. That's why we should all learn wisdom to know how to put our life into gear. The Bible says there is a time for everything. A season for every purpose under the sun. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. I was just thinking that... Um, the teaching of wisdom has become very important to me. That it suggests that this is the first teachings that Christians should go through. Because we tend to study more of, of what God can do, the power of God. But when we lack the wisdom, all the anointing, the wisdom we don't have, foolishness we just rub it off. And um, the book of Psalm 136 Say, even the heavens that we share so much, that so much talked about. Say, by wisdom, God created the heavens. How, how, tell me how important the teaching of wisdom is. And uh, when Solomon asks, when God asks him to just request for anything, and he requested for wisdom, and God, because you did that, it tells me the importance of wisdom. Because you ask for wisdom, I give you everything. So it suggests to me that what we should even be asking for is wisdom. When you have wisdom, then everything follows you. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. The last part I want us to go through before we go into prayers, a few minutes, which I said earlier is in Proverbs 13 verse 20, which says if you want to be wise, spend time with the wise. Praise the Lord. 
Also, I looked at the story of Saul with the servant. The Bible said the donkey got missing and his father Kish called him. He said, take any one of the servants. The father did not choose the servant or anything. Just say, just take one. So to me, there were many of them. And I want to believe that, well, with everything he did, in this one, he made the right decision. Because I want to feel that servant must have not been his favorite servant. Probably if he was going to a party, he would have taken another servant. He was going to the farm, another was going to visit friends, another one. But in this case, looking for the donkey, he chose this one. And obviously, as we move forward, the Bible said they went through the first land, second, third, fourth. And Saul himself said, it's time for us to go back. That they'll be, they'll be looking for him now. They've not found the donkey. And this servant stepped in. He said no. I want you to understand, this is a servant to no right to tell Saul no. He said no. And this servant was resourceful. He said, look, I know there's a soothsayer, a prophet around this area. And I wondered how he had that information. But Saul went ahead. No. We've run out of money. We've run out of everything. This man brought money out of his pocket. I don't know how much servants make compared to Saul himself. He brought his own money out. He did not even tell him that I'm going to borrow you this money. He brought this money out that you have to success. You have to be successful in this mission. I'm going to support you. He brought the money out from his pocket. And it was... His money they used. And I was wondering, how much did this servant make to have this money, to want to spend it on this spoiled brat? Let me say that. And of, obviously, it was because of that they finally came in contact with Samuel. But I want to believe that the Lord also rewarded this servant. Because when they were invited to the high table, the space was created for two of them not just for Saul alone. And I don't want to go into that story again, how the guy benefited from all that because of time. So I want us to rise and my prayer is that with this little topic on wisdom, the next half of 2019 will put us over the edge in the mighty name of Jesus. The first prayer I want us to pray that Lord, for those that are already there operating in wisdom, my colleagues, give me the wisdom that I need to be on the same level with them. Because sometimes we admire some people and you wonder such wisdom they're operating in. So I want us to pray that Lord, concerning those my colleagues operating in that level of wisdom, Father Lord, Grant me the same wisdom to operate in that level in the name of Jesus.
as we continue to pray I want you to pray that Lord, now since I'm on the same level with them grant me the wisdom to go over the edge in the mighty name of Jesus so that means I'll be operating in greatness start praying all my foolishness of before let the new wisdom now erase them in the name of Jesus let no foolishness be found in me as we continue to pray from the stories we understand that the Lord has done his own part it's now time for us to do our own part I want us to pray concerning our own part this evening that will be sensitive to know when the door is open and what to do the enablement to make that move that none of us here will be found at the end of the Red Sea trying to pray that we should stretch out our rod so that the rest will part and will move ahead in the name of Jesus. Nothing else slowing us down. We have the wisdom to move forward now. We've prayed. We've fasted. Grant us sensitivity so that we'll be sensible to move ahead in the name of Jesus. And I want us to pray that Lord, when that door opens, Ah, I will not miss it in the name of Jesus. Praise the Lord. I want to tell you what could have happened if Nehemiah jumped the gun. Imagine if he jumped the gun. Imagine if Nehemiah, on that day that wine was in front of the king, Nehemiah did not go to the palace. He called himself sick. He didn't go to work that day. I don't know how many of us have missed such a day. But let us pray for that opportunity again. And that when that day comes, we will not miss it in the name of Jesus. As we continue to round up the prayers, the Bible said the queen was seated there. Obviously, the queen supported Nehemiah. Let's pray that when it's time for our kings to take that decision consigning us let everything around them be in support of us in the name of Jesus everything must support us on that day everything must support us on that day so heavenly father we thank you for today we thank you for the word we thank you for the prayers and the special prayer for this evening lord as we move into the second half of 2019 it will be a season of recovery for us lord everything that foolishness has stolen from us will recover back with wisdom in the name of jesus not only will we recover back we will now move strong in wisdom in the name of Jesus. So that we will be like him that has created us, Lord. We will be among those people that will create employment. That will wax greatness. 
that will make the Lord be proud of us. And so, Lord, we thank you. In Jesus' mighty name, we've prayed. If you know you are wise and you're happy to be in the house this evening, celebrate our Lord. And the next wise thing we need to do now. How many of us know the next wise thing we need to do? <laughs> we need to pay our tithes and our first fruit. So if you know you have your tithe and your first fruit, 